The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to E-Commerce Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about how you can launch, grow, and scale your e-commerce business. Joining us for e-commerce growth week is Roly Saxiano, who's the president of AdRoll, which is an e-commerce marketing platform that gives growing D2C brands the power to connect with customers wherever they are. AdRoll's machine learning engine uses established data on over 70% of the world's online shoppers to predict behavior, ad engagement, and store performance better than anyone. And in addition to being our guest today, Roly and AdRoll are a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far this week, Roly and I have talked about how to operationalize your e-commerce business. And yesterday we talked about some of the new e-commerce brand awareness drivers. We're going to continue the conversation today talking a little bit more about some of the non-advertising driven marketing channels, specifically how you can use content and community to scale your e-commerce business. All right, here's the third installment of E-Commerce Growth Week with Roly Saxiana from AdRoll. Roly, happy hump day and welcome back to E-Commerce Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. Glad to be back. Hi, Ben. Hi, excited to have you here again and to continue our conversation. So far this week, we've talked about that e-commerce is changing or it has changed. The problem now is not getting in front of potential customers and pointing them to your store. The problem is telling them why you're different because There is a huge proliferation of stores with the rise of the Shopify's of the world, Magento, all sorts of other shopping commerce. Also, there's things like eBay, Amazon, little e-commerce stores you may have heard of. The problem becomes, how do I build awareness? And then you get into this phase where how do I actually build relationships with my customers without relying specifically on advertising because that's expensive. So talk to me about some of the other drivers for e-commerce growth outside of just basically buying your way into a store. One of the things that I firmly believe, both as a shopper and a consumer myself, is nobody wants to be sold to. It doesn't matter whether it is you're doing a B2B purchase or you're actually going out and buying your next red lipstick. Nobody wants to be sold to. So the challenge that is out there for e-commerce companies is to really be able to really sell or position their product in a way that it does not feel like it's being sold to. So there are multiple ways you could do it. There's social proof. Seeing what your friends are using is a huge component of why somebody would buy something. 
but it's also really understanding the content. What is that genuine piece of content that is going to leave your buyer, your shopper, knowing more about that, more than just knowing about your product, right? So example, I'm a huge believer in consuming meaningful, insightful comment that makes me more educated and knowledgeable about whatever I'm buying there first before being told what to go buy. So really think about your content strategy in a way that you're actually delivering significant value to your buyer that is not just like, hey, buy more of it. So start with that, earn that trust from your buyer. The second component is the community piece of it. I keep coming back to an example of Sephora. Sephora has done a great job of actually building a strong community and engaging their shoppers all through the journey. So once you buy a product from Sephora, they build a relationship with you. They not only send you the right promotions and discounts so that you do go back to them for more purchases, but they actually have delivered more value by creating this workshop, the makeup workshops. So that on my birthday, who doesn't want to get a full makeover? And they actually create a space for you to go out and get that makeover. And let me tell you, when you enter that store to get that makeover, it's a free value that they're delivering to you as a consumer. You walk away with a lot more in your bag buying from Sephora than otherwise, but it doesn't feel like you are being sold to. It feels there is an element of trust and relationship Because I went there buying five products, but I now also know why that's important for my skin. So it's building your content and community strategy that is integrated, but also coming from a place of delivering significant value to your consumer that is beyond the value that your product is only providing. And that's how you earn trust today. It's interesting to me that you talk about content and community. And to me, I know it sounds right to say, well, people don't want to be sold to. And and honestly, I believe that in the sense of when somebody sees a direct response ad, they might push away, mostly if it's in an experience that they're not expecting it. When you're at the gas station and an ad comes up in the new like modules that they have built into the gas tanks, it's annoying. And people are inundated with advertising and it feels like we're constantly being sold to. So creating marketing materials that don't feel like you're selling, but are actively selling is important. I understand the concept there. Yesterday, I was on Instagram. I'm looking through photos of my friends and my family and a lot of sports memes. And a company called Vessi pops up in my feed. And they've got white waterproof shoes that I didn't even know I needed. And the next thing you know, I have them in my cart and I bought a pair. And hey, they're going to be delivered in three days. Wonderful. They're actively selling to me. And it was the first time that I had experienced that brand. Now, I had already been in shoe shopping mode. So Facebook is retargeting me knowing that I'm looking for that class of product. But specifically targeting somebody with a direct response ad isn't completely dead, is it? Absolutely not. This again goes back to how you sell your product to the right audience at the right time. So you don't need to be marketing at all channels. You just need to be marketing at the channel that you know your audience is at. And once you have a strong understanding of what your audience is looking for, I bet Ben, you were looking for those white shoes elsewhere. And so there was enough understanding of, hey, Ben's out in the market for a white shoe. And so therefore serving up that ad at the right place gave you an access into saying, oh, wow, let me let me try Vessi's product. That's one. But if you want to build a long-term loyalty with Vessi, 
what Bessie would need to do is continue building that relationship that is based on trust and community over time. So that the next time you're out in the market looking for another pair of shoes, Bessie becomes top of mind for you because you now have a stronger relationship than a one-time purchase. The next time I'm going to go walk through a river, I'm definitely going to look up Vessi and make sure that I have enough waterproof shoes because God knows in Northern California, I need that. It hasn't rained here and I don't even know how long. <laughs> going back to the idea of advertising content and community, I actually think those three different channels all being incredibly important in e-commerce, but they all kind of play a different role. To me, you know, I think of your content as the way to build your targeting to know who you should be promoting, who you should be advertising to. I'm going to create content that is general and and relatively topical, but not selling. How do you find the white shoes? What are the new trends in men's footwear this season? What's the new technology for keeping your feet warm and dry? Whatever the content is, right? I'm not specifically trying, I'm using Bessie as an example, obviously. I'm not specifically trying to sell my shoes. I don't have product placements. I'm not talking about pricing. I'm just generally trying to find people that are interested in learning men's fashion trends or people that are looking for active wear or looking for the type of products that serve two purposes. Whatever the marketing strategy is here, I'm creating content that I'm going to distribute probably on social networks, maybe through SEO. And really what that's doing is it's telling me who my hand raisers are. These are the people that I should be actually actively selling to. And then I think of community as being not necessarily an awareness driver, something to drive your cost per acquisition down because you're doing a better job targeting, but a better way to retain your customers, upsell them, and keep them around so you can extend the lifetime value. Am I thinking about content advertising and community in the right order or there brands that are using community first to drive people to content and they're not advertising? Talk to me about the order of operations here. So you're spot on. The content really starts getting one, it starts educating the market on what the need is and really getting a set of your leads that are coming at the top of your funnel to then say, okay, great, this is the audience that we can serve up the relevant ad for your product. For me, community actually is broader than that. It does have a huge element of retaining, upselling, and cross-selling your customers, but it also creates an amazing virality with other members of who are similar to that community, right? So if I'm excited about using Sephora's makeover, I'm going to go tell 10 of my other friends and that creates a referral network. So I think community, if invested well and done well, can actually not only drive more people coming to your site and really driving more new business for you, but also absolutely creates a long-term value for existing customers. That's kind of the life cycle of an e-commerce business is you start by trying to acquire new customers. So you're doing a lot of advertising. Maybe you're creating some content and going with an organic strategy first, but most people try to buy their way into e-commerce to get their first few customers. You get some data, you figure out how to hopefully retain those customers. You start building your newsletters and your email campaigns. And then at the end, you tape on this referral rewards community system in the hopes that it'll drive people back into the top of the funnel. And then the business just starts becoming a flywheel and growing on itself. Is there a way to expedite this? Do you have the ability to skip the first few steps of you know going from advertising to getting the data to then building out your functionality or their tools? Or talk to me about how to get ahead. I think that what you're really coming to is what is the sequencing of events? 
So if you are an early stage e-commerce brand, you really need to do the first couple of things, which is really need to invest in enough content to really drive the acquisition engine and be able to get between content and advertising, get enough customers into your platform to really start converting them into a buyer. That is probably the first thing that I would recommend for an early stage company that's really starting their business, which is focusing on getting as many customers, as many shoppers to your website, and then working through their first buying experience. Once you've gotten that engine going, the second step is really, you know, and you are established and you've gotten that engine well-defined, that's when you really start building a community. To me, it's building a community and building that flywheel from a community is almost like a step two, but a very quick follow from the first step of really starting to build that acquisition engine. So help me think about prioritization. I understanding the sequencing of you cannot retain your customers without customers. That seems pretty obvious. So you need to figure out your acquisition to be able to figure out your retention and your referral and virality programs. When you're thinking about prioritizing, a lot of e-commerce brands end up being very heavily invested in performance marketing, ROAS, and very sort of trackable, tangible, I put a dollar in, I get a dollar out metrics. And I see a lot of e-commerce brands that are shying away from things like SEO, organic social, or brand plays in general, podcasting I'll throw out as well, community too. You know, it's like, how do I value all of these other channels? I'm going to do these things and hope over time that my business starts to perform, but I can't actually necessarily measure and optimize them in real time. So talk to me about prioritization when you're thinking about your paid acquisition channels, as opposed to some of the other channels that are harder to track, harder to assign ROI to. It's probably a question that every e-commerce marketer is trying to answer because it's like, where do you spend your dollars that you can track and say, hey, this is the value and the return on your investment versus things that is much harder to quantify. So paid advertising, as all of us know, is actually very expensive. So in order to really build, my recommendation is in addition to doing your paid acquisition and paid channels, it is important to start building out your foundations around organic channels. So it starts with really building that content, building that genuine content that is delivering value. It starts with building, engaging in the right community to really drive the awareness and education around your brand. That has to come in parallel, and if not, just soon after you do your paid channel, but it needs to happen soon enough in your journey. And it is an investment you need to do. It does take a while for that flywheel to really kick off, right? For that to meaningfully have value, but tying it back, your shoppers are not looking to be just sold to. They want to build a relationship. So the sooner you start making that investment, even if it's hard to quantify it, the higher likelihood of you being successful longer term. There's three parties, I think, involved in this decision of prioritization. You, the marketer. Two, your customers. Three, your leadership. Depends how much runway you have. If I sat down and said, okay, you need to grow your business 100% year-over-year growth, and you've got a ton of budget, and we need immediate results for you to keep your job, you're pouring that money into paid acquisition, right? If you go to your leadership and you say, If we don't invest in cultivating organic growth programs, we're always going to be paying. We're going to hit a ceiling with the amount that we can invest in the paid channels because we will just run out of oxygen in the room. We need to start investing in content, community, and all these other things that take six months to a year to mature. 
if your leadership is not going to be supportive and give you that runway and wants to see immediate results because you're fundraising and you need to close that round in the next six months, you know, starting your organic growth now is not going to work. The last actual J-O-B that I had, things weren't necessarily going that great. We were running almost exclusively paid programs. And I said, well, the way for us to grow our business is to start cultivating organic growth channels. Let's start building an SEO and content strategy. And they said, great, go do it. And a month later, we were having a conversation about whether I was going to stick around in the organization or not because organic growth wasn't working yet. (laughs) And what I needed to say was, this is a six month to a year project. So if you want me to start this, you can't be crawling up my back in six months to a year. I wasn't a mature enough marketer to understand the timeline for those channels. When you think about cultivating a content strategy, an organic growth strategy, or even a community strategy, how long do you think those things take to actually get up and running and make a meaningful business impact? You summed it up really well, Ben, that paid acquisition strategy works really well, but it works well for a very specific, timely fashion. If you want to build a long-term business, it needs to be paired up with organic mechanisms of acquiring customers. Paid is also very expensive. And it's getting more expensive. As a leader, one of the things that I would say, and you need to really start educating your leadership on what can you get and what is the level of a level of impact you can get with both paid and and organic. And paid really delivers value in short term. But if you're building a long-term business, you need to have, you can get even more value out of your paid investments by actually having the organic channels go along with it. So To me, as long as you can actually clearly define what can you deliver in shorter periods of time and build a path to that six to nine months of building that flywheel, it starts with you educating your leadership on what that long-term vision is. So it's important to think about not only your e-commerce strategies from a content perspective, from a community perspective, obviously advertising is a big component in that as well. And the blend of those three channels is what's really going to help you extend your lifetime value, which is what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of E-Commerce Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Roly Saxiana, president of AdRoll. If you'd like to hear more of Roly and AdRoll's tips to building an effective e-commerce business, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when Roly and I talk about extending the lifetime value of your e-commerce customers. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Roly, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Roly Saxiana, R-O-L-I-S-A-X-E-N-A, or you could visit her company's website, which is adroll.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. 
All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.